0: Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show we're talking about one that was one of my most awaited movies of the year. We're talking about James Gray's Ad Astra starring Brad Pitt as a astronaut who goes into the deep reaches of space to find... His father, who might still be out there after his uh, ship has been missing for many, many years. It's a very interesting movie. Very uh, unique and... Really, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but we'll get into that in the conversation as we start to get into it here with Rico from Always the Critic Podcast. You heard Rico back on our Avengers Super episode, Um, but we hadn't gotten him on a full episode until now, and I'm glad to finally have him on the show. So, before we get into that conversation, I do want to remind you to make sure you're subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. And you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, of course, and you can follow us on social media at PiecingPod, and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, where the conversation about all these movies continues. So, without any further ado, let's just jump right into this one. (music) All right, so today we are uh finally getting around to talking about Ad Astra, a movie that was delayed over and over and over again, but it's real and it happened and we watched it and joining me for this one is Rico from Always the Critic movie podcast. Rico, glad to have you here,
1: man. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'm glad to be on for this episode.
0: Yeah, this is going to be uh <laughs> this is going to be a I think a a little bit of a meaty one for us to, like, dig into. There, there's just, there's so much going on in this movie, and um, I actually listened to your uh, your podcast review of it, and I, I really, uh, I, I enjoyed a lot of what you guys were saying about it, and it, it's, you know, it's definitely a movie I had been looking forward to a lot. Um, you know, I'll just say right up front at the top, I... I think you guys liked it a little more than I did, although I definitely did enjoy it and I'm very much looking forward to talking about it. But before we get into Ad Astra, you were on our Avengers Endgame Super episode, but since you haven't been on a full one yet, why don't you uh, introduce yourself to our listeners and just tell people a little about you and your podcast.
1: Sounds good. Thanks so much. Uh, well, my name, like you said, is uh, Rico Alberison. I am the co-host for the Always the Critic podcast uh, with Jessica Furby. Uh, that is a podcast where we basically look at the newest movie of the week and we talk about it and review it so like the most recent episodes like you mentioned Ad Astra we also did um upcoming really soon it depending on when this is released Judy starring Renée Zellweger mm-hmm. will be released as well so every week we are basically on top of the new movie and looking at it to see if it's good if it's bad and you know what If we think it'll be a top 10 at the end of the year. How long have you guys been at it? You've been doing it a while, right? Yeah. uh, Actually, we are approaching uh, 16 months now. Uh, I remember our first episode was the Overboard episode. Overboard, the remake of the 80s comedy. (laughs) That's the very first episode I did. What made you think to start with that one? Uh, (laughs) Of all the movies, right? Yeah. uh, I think it was all about timing because I was trying to time it with summer, but I wanted to get a couple of reps out there first. So Mm. I decided to record and then I decided to release them. Uh, So (laughs) I got two episodes under my belt and then we released like a big one for, it was Avengers Infinity War, I believe.
0: Right. Right.
1: So I... Yeah, it was all trial and error pretty much, but I still wanted to release them as a way of, I guess, getting people to get used to our voice and see how we've grown from that time. Sure, sure. Yeah, that that's funny. I, early piecing
0: it together episodes, some of them you know we we went through various you know sound issues and just like just getting the whole format together and making sure we knew what we wanted it to be and i always say we but i mean you know me and whoever i'm bringing along with me <laughs> right. but uh but yeah i mean you know you got to you got to leave them up cuz you want to be able to go back and and see how the show grows and everything like that over time yes um but uh yeah awesome uh so at Astra, what what did you think um, going into this movie, did you think, cause obviously this movie was delayed a bunch and I, I think it's, I think it's worth talking really quickly before we get into puzzle pieces. Uh, did you, did you have any kind of a bad feeling going into it? Like the, ne- the delays were for bad reason that, oh, this is you know going to be a
1: mess or something like that. Or were you like super excited and just
0: in on it?
1: So I remember, I didn't know about all of the delays, but one delay that I did know about was when this was supposed to be scheduled for May. And
0: mm-hmm. then all
1: of a sudden they got pushed back to September. And in my mind, I thought, well, they must have a lot of confidence releasing it in September because usually starting in September and going into this season is when we start mm-hmm. seeing more critically acclaimed movies, uh, sure. for lack of a better term. Uh, yeah. And they they must have saw something in this that made them think, you know what, it would be better to release it in September than May. May, it's too crowded. There's too many blockbusters out there. So for me, I didn't think of it as a bad thing. And I purposely tried to stay away from reviews or even the Rotten Tomato score. Like I just mm-hmm. stayed away from it all just to go in as blind as I could, I I saw the trailer, so I can't say that I went in really blind blind, but sure. But I wanted to try to have it not be ruined for me, and I went in with not really too much expectation of what I was going to get. But once I walked out, I loved it. I thought it was what very well done. I, mm-hmm. Does it have its flaws? Of course. I can't sure. sit here and say it's perfect. Although me and Jessica both gave it a very heart, high grade on our on our review, uh, mm. but with that said, I think the themes that it talks about or even displays throughout the movie, or it really symbolizes throughout the movie, I think really spoke to me. So that's why yeah. I, you know, had such a high score for it and high regard so far with the movies that I've seen so far this year. Sure.
0: Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, one one reason not to do with quality or anything that I kind of had in the back of my mind was that maybe they were trying to avoid uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with, you know, putting two Brad Pitt performances so close together. Um, but, you know, speaking to what you were just saying, though, uh, I, I think it's really interesting, the Rotten Tomatoes scores on this. I mean, to see that huge disconnect a lot of the times it's the other way around where the audience loves a movie and the critics hate it, you know, (laughs) and this time around it, it seems to be the other way around. It seems like audiences aren't really, I I think they maybe didn't know what they were getting into with this movie. Whereas, you know, critics kind of, you know, they saw, oh, James Gray. And they, you know, kind of, kind of got the idea ahead of time. Oh, this is going to be more of
1: a, a thinky movie, you know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think the trailers really sold this as more of an, action epic than what Mm -hmm. it was going to be. But as I was watching those trailers, like they kept showing the same clip over and over. So I was like, this doesn't seem like there's more to it than what we're seeing. There's gotta be something else. And for me, I'm glad that it wasn't like a full like space epic, you know, action adventure film. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And it's something that I've noticed recently among movies dealing with space is the type of themes that they talk about or, you know, mm. at least portray, they're more, they're not as heroic as mm. some of the classic movies, like let's say Apollo 13, um, you can say Armageddon even, you know, just like they're all about either conquering or doing something great. But the last few years you have gravity, you have interstellar, you have this that yeah. have more of a isolation or how hard it is to be you know, an astronaut or anything like that. So I find that interesting and that's something that I've really enjoyed for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. I I think that's great. Uh, exploring, you know, space movies in a different, you know, going into them in a different way, it seems lately. And I think that's absolutely a great point. Uh, I also think that's probably a good setup for jumping into some puzzle pieces. So why don't we go with your, uh, your first puzzle
1: piece? All right. So my first puzzle piece, uh, I am going to use the movie Ex Machina. Mm. Now, Ex Machina, I'm taking the themes from that movie and kind of showing what Ad Astra is doing as well. Uh, Ex Machina has this sense of isolation. Um, You have the main character played by Oscar Isaac who lives out by himself. It's a futuristic world. It's a lived-in world, but Mm. it feels cold it feels uh very lived in but it's sterile and that's Mm -hmm. kind of how this world in ad astra feels to me because it's a world that we kind of recognize even Mm -hmm. though it says it's in the near future but like there's things that there's advancements in technology but everything feels so you know to the point nothing feels exciting about that new technology Sure, sure. Even though like it's an advancement, if you think about it, you know, just taking it piece by piece, we are traveling to the moon in the, mo- in the movie at Astra as a commercial flight, you know? Yeah, yeah. Or in Ex Machina, we have a living robot who can interact with you. But the way the movies portray those like advancements make it seem very dark and very cold. and it that's what i feel with these type what both of these movies pretty much mm-hmm. yeah it's all it's all um like
0: rather than being like like distant future sci-fi it's like just natural advancement of where we're at right now and what we're the things that we know are right around the corner uh, maybe just like one step around what's right around the corner exactly
1: and so but the movie doesn't glorify them it mm-hmm. makes it seem as though we have either taken advantage of it, like in Ad Astro, you know, we've commercialized being on the moon. You know, there's a subway yeah. on the moon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Or in Ex Machina, it's just assumed, oh, you know, we're using AI to build robots. And this person has figured out how to get even more advanced with it. But it doesn't feel, a gr- it's not a great sense of amazement. It's almost like a dread that's set yeah. in there
0: yeah no that that that's a really good point yeah it's like you know it gets to just become another part of life just like you Know traffic would be now versus you know before there were cars or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I also like uh when they're on the plane and, or the spaceship, I guess, and uh to get a towel is you know that costs money like a hundred <laughs> something dollars or yeah. something, which yeah, that certainly is where we're headed on this earth, I think. Um, but yeah, great uh, great first puzzle piece, and you know, I'm gonna uh I'm gonna skip around with my puzzle pieces here. I wasn't gonna do this one yet, but I think I'm gonna uh, jump off of what you were just saying there about like the commercialization of of uh, the moon and of of everything in this. And I'm gonna talk about Total Recall. Oh, um, there we go. <laughs> because again, it's like this this uh, this near future with all this weird, just like but not weird, like commercialized stuff, like the next steps of what you would expect the 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 future just a few steps beyond where we're at is going to end up being and of course we're going to commercialize everything of course it's going to be all you know uh you know all all modern day america just expanded into space and just crapping up space with (laughs) all the (laughs) stuff that that we have and uh and to be honest i haven't seen total recall in a long long time but i i feel like the the scenes that i remember the most are those kind of things of like just seeing uh You know, seeing what what life in outer space could be like, you know, in a a capitalistic, uh, you know, commercialized way. Um, But I I always found that to be so funny.
1: Yeah. And you can even hear uh, in Ad Astra when they first get to the moon and you can hear Brad Pitt's character, the inner monologue, you know, if if you if my father would see all this, he would tear it all down. Uh, Just showing how commercialism has infiltrated everything that we do, including, you know, lunar exploration. Yeah, you know,
0: I didn't think about this ahead of time, but that whole thing of, uh, you know, these movies kind of not showing the heroism anymore necessarily or a different kind of heroism uh you know part of it could be because these characters are just so burnt out on this you know (laughs) that they they know that all their exploits in space are going to be for an end goal of just turning shit into more you know consumerism and all that crap
1: (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) they everything that is an advancement there's always something else that follows it and is how can we commercialize or how can we incentivize that advancement?
0: Yeah. So no wonder these characters aren't so super psyched about their missions. anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, what do you got for your next puzzle piece?
1: My next puzzle piece. It's a very specific thing about this movie, but I'm going to go with Goodfellas. Now, I could have chosen a whole number of movies for this particular aspect, but I'm going to talk about voiceover. Sure. This has been a sticking point for a lot of people with Ad Astra. Uh, Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt's character, you hear his inner monologue. He talks about, you know, different relationships. He talks about himself, about his mission, how he feels. And I think Goodfellas, for the most part, I think most people would say that that is a good use of voiceover work. Where you're hearing the character, the main character, you know, what he wanted to be. He always wanted to be in the family. He always wanted to be a gangster. He always wanted to be this. That's a great use of it. And I think Ad Astra does have good uses of it. Some people complain that it's a little too much or Mm -hmm. that maybe if it was a little more restrained, people would have enjoyed it more. But I'll be honest with you, I think that a lot of the best lines that this movie has to offer in terms of quotes come from those narrations. Like, for example, there's one where uh, Brad Pitt is speaking about his father and it's like, uh, the further away I try to get away from you, the closer I become to you. I keep Mm -hmm. being dragged into the same dark hole. You know, like little things like that, that they sound... Like very clever lines, and I—that's why I wanted to say that the voiceover work, at least for me, worked. Hmm.
0: Yeah. I I was wondering as the movie uh, was starting, like you know, maybe like twenty minutes in or something. I was starting to wonder, like you know, is it going to be voiceover the whole damn time? And sure enough, it was. And I, it didn't really bother me either. It just was a little jarring because you know, you're right. You know, a lot of the times you, you think of movies that rely on voiceover and if it's not like kind of perfect, it, it, it kind of goes the other way to where you're like, like, Oh God, they're doing voiceover the whole time. Uh, and so, but, but I do think you're right though, that it was done. This is an example of it being done really well. And I think, uh, I think people who, don't like the movie because of the voiceover, I think maybe they're just not paying attention to, you know, all the interesting things about this character and, and what he's feeling and what he's going through. And, and that is how, I mean, in a movie that very purposefully doesn't deal with, uh, you know, much in the way of other characters. I mean, there's a few peppered throughout, um, but you know, this was very intentional. You know, and uh, I I think it's done really well the way he uh, handles voiceover in this.
1: Yeah. And I think that a lot of people who have had the thought of, you know, show, not tell, which is a very common expression when you're talking about a movie. uh, In this particular case, I think it would have been tough to get the thought or message across to the audience if there wasn't Mm -hmm. that narration. If you're just watching Brad Pitt on screen and you're seeing him go through things you're not really getting the full emotion of how he's feeling about it and it's not like he's giving off a very emotive performance so yeah. i think the voiceover was handled well and it was necessary in this case absolutely i i completely agree
0: um well all right i'm gonna go on to a, another one here uh another puzzle piece uh so in this movie at Astra, we've got a, a ship that has been uh, missing for years. Out when it had sent set out on a mission and then disappeared, and now there's a signal, and they think that oh, it might still be out there. Let's send a rescue mission. And of course, spoiler alert: we don't worry about spoilers on this show. But uh, <laughs> to get there and find out, everyone went crazy, basically, or at least the uh, the the main guy went crazy, and uh, lots of violent murders went down on the ship. Um... And I thought of Event Horizon, which I still maintain is the (laughs) scariest fucking movie ever. Uh, Even though it's very cheesy in retrospect, it still scares the (laughs) shit out of me. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's basically the exact setup of Event Horizon. And uh, what a creepy, uh, creepy setup that is. And of course, this movie is not by any means a horror movie. It's not scary, really. Um, But... Uh, certainly the, the, you know, lost ship that was out there doing some scientific mission, like millions of miles away, isolated from, from earth. And, you know, that, that, that unknownness of space multiplied by the, the fact that, you know, the ship disappeared for so many years and, you know, who knows if anyone's still on it or what happened to it. Uh,
1: it really kind of amps up the creep factor in this, uh, in both situations. And... Yeah, I that is a perfect tie-in with everything that goes on with Tommy Lee Jones' character and his crew. Mm-hmm. I think it's been what, like thirty years almost in the movie where his yeah. his crew went out to the Lima project and they hadn't been heard of again. So Brad Pitt's, you know, character thought he's dead. My father died doing that, but then all of a sudden, you know, you have that beacon that's coming. Uh I that's a great tie-in on that one. I, I gotta give you props on that one. <laughs> well thank you man thank you <laughs> what do you got for your next puzzle piece my next one is going to be uh mad max fury road and i'm using this for a very specific part of the movie the only real true action set piece of this movie sure and it's when they're on the moon and there's moon pirates apparently, <laughs> and <laughs> they're being chased throughout. And it's very reminiscent of Mad Max: Fury Road. I even, in my review, we even, I even called it Mad Max: Lunar Road, <laughs> uh, just because of the fact that everything feels the same. You have one crew being chased down into a, you know, where they're going, but it feels. As though they're being chased, almost like Mad Max Fury Road. That's how it felt like to me, at least the way that action piece was set up, designed, how it was shot.
0: Sure, absolutely, you know, and yeah, I, I remember hearing you talk about that on your episode, and that's that's hilarious. I love that Mad Max Lunar Road. But um, <laughs> uh, I, you know, as much as Ad Astra is not an action movie, and it's not the kind of movie that you know gets sequels or spinoffs or anything like that, I would love to know more about the world of
1: space pirates on the moon in in this. Yeah. you know, it's so interesting. That would be super fascinating to me. <laughs> the fact that there's regions of the moon you can't travel because they might kill you. Yeah. Because it's it's not governed land. And it's people. That is crazy. It's not aliens. Yeah. It's just people who
0: went up there and then just kind of went off grid or whatever. That is nuts and I wish they would have explored that a little more in the movie (laughs) that is freaking great I love it all right so uh yeah so let me go with another one here uh so normally I try not to do this on the show but I just felt like I had to um in the lead up to to Ad Astra I decided to go back and watch James Gray's film Lost City of Z uh or Zed as the characters refer to it um but I'm pretty sure the movie itself, people just say La City of Z." But whatever. Uh, but uh, you know, I was, mm-hmm. I was really interested that really the characters have a very similar uh, goal. I mean, they're they're uh, it's a similar story of a character. Now it's told in a very different way, and of course, one is set in the past and one is set in the future. But. Uh, you know, it it's still a a guy who is just obsessed with this uh scientific quest. And uh, you know, in 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 Lost City of Z, it's finding this lost city in uh in the Amazon, and of course in Ad Astra, it's finding uh proof of extraterrestrial life, like out towards I think it was Saturn or whatever, wherever the Lima project was going. Um and, you know, it eventually kills him. It it eventually leads to his death. And in uh, Lost City of Z, he, you know, drags his son into it. And in this, uh, he drags his son into it, <laughs> and, you know, in di- <laughs> different ways and very different stories. But I just found it interesting that, uh, this movie has a very real parallel with, uh, with Lost City of Z, both written and directed by James Gray.
1: Uh, have you seen Lost City of Z? I have not. It's one that's been on my list of movies to watch. And I just, for some reason, can't get around to it. I I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> I just keep. I just keeps. I hadn't either. Down.
0: I hadn't either. It took me forever to finally watch it, and I was just like, in the lead up, I was like, because honestly, I you know, this is probably a good moment to to talk about that. Where are you a fan of any of James Gray's other work?
1: Uh, to be honest with you, uh, the only one that really comes to mind is Ad Astra. Like, mm-hmm. unless I am. Blanking on some other movie that that I, uh, I don't know was his, uh, I'm currently looking it up now because I think I may have seen another one of his movies mm-hmm. and not even realized that I did see it, but I don't think I have seen any other of his movies yeah to be honest with you, the only
0: ones i'd ever seen uh up until this point were uh two lovers and we own the night and i didn't really like we own the night and two lovers i don't really remember very well it's just one of those movies i know Mm. i saw a long time ago uh but i hadn't seen any of his other movies and so that's why like leading up to this i was like i gotta see at least one of his other movies and and you know, hopefully like it. You know, <laughs> before I yeah. before I walk into this movie, that like this big giant sci-fi movie that this this director like seemingly out of nowhere gets to make a big giant sci-fi movie with Brad Pitt. There must be a reason, you know. <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So yeah, so I ended up uh, watching Lost City of Z the week before this came out, and uh, I was as I was watching it, I was like. Oh, my God, because I, I kind of got an idea of what the movie was going to be uh, from the trailer, you know, of Ad Astra. And I was like, wow, this seems very similar to what I'm about to see in Ad Astra. And then sure enough, it really uh, it followed through with the actual full movie. Um, but, yeah, so I just found that, that uh, parallel very interesting. And I would recommend Lost City of Z uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it.
1: So uh, it was, It's
0: on my list. Absolutely. Well, what do you got for your next one?
1: Uh, My next one, uh, I have two more, just so that you're aware. Uh, My next one is the movie First Reformed. Nice. Now, uh, that was the movie starring Ethan Hawke, came out last year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that movie deals with a person who, at the beginning of the movie, is shown as a calm character, uh, a poised character, but as the movie goes on and certain situations are thrust upon him, he begins to question things, he begins to doubt himself, he begins to uh change and adapt to certain situations. And that's exactly how I feel Brad Pitt's character is in this movie. Um, uh, when we first meet him in this movie and Brad Pitt, uh, they even make a point to say what his resting heartbeat rate is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, just to show like he is calm, he is collected, there's nothing that can faze him. But as the movie goes on and there's, you know, he begins getting tied to an external conflict, which in this case is his father, mm. uh, you see that he starts to change. He starts to become a little more anxious, he starts to get a little more irritated, he makes it a point that it becomes really tough for him, at least in his mind, to deal with, with everything that's going on in this mission that he has. If you look at the character that's being played by Ethan Hawke, um, he's presented with a situation that he can't ignore. It's it's driving him crazy pretty much, Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's what happens with Brad Pitts to a lesser extent. But I think I saw those similarities between those two main characters. How at the beginning of the film they're both calm. They're both you know they know what they are and they know what they do and they handle their situations day to day. But when something changes them or something comes in conflict with them, how they begin to that change and they begin to become anxious characters, they begin to, uh, you know, want to ask questions or they just get stressed out by what's going on around them. So that's what I found pretty fascinating with the two of them.
0: Yeah, I find it interesting that. It's not so much the, uh, the things that happen to them that are adding to their stress and their anxiety, but it's the asking of questions. It's the not, not going along with, with the plan and, and, and thinking for themselves about like, you know, is this right? What, like, are we doing the right things? And that's what really drives them, you know, starts to drive them a little crazy, um, and, of course, more so in First Reformed. Um, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, I, I love that you brought two A24 movies to this conversation. So, fan- Hey, fantastic. look at that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, okay, so my next puzzle piece, uh, I am going to go with a movie that's probably a little too recent to truly have been an inspiration, but I'm going to bring it up anyway, and that is First Man. Um, but I mean, I think it's just such a clear, uh, you know, a clear parallel here between these two movies of, you know, two, mo- two movies that deal with just the psychological effects of, of space travel and the isolation of space travel and, uh, you know, the disconnect that it creates with family and with just, you know, a regular life on earth. And, uh, I, I, you know, we did an episode on first man when it first came out and I will say, I did right. not really love first man. I, I guess I went into it wanting a more traditional, uh, just big,
1: you know, <laughs> like an
0: Apollo 13. Yeah. Yeah. Something kind. like that. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, ah, oh, really? So it's just going to be this, but, <laughs> but I think that when you're dealing with something, you know, fictional, like at Astra and something that, that, you know, Take some interesting approaches uh, to the to that idea. I think it works a lot better you know i I guess I'm still waiting for for the real uh, Neil Armstrong movie but <laughs> but I, I know a lot of
1: people <laughs> disagree with me though uh, yeah, we actually did an episode on first man and it was three of us and two of the three did not like first man uh, because of the way. You know, it goes, it's not a traditional, you know, going to space and seeing how heroic this person is or, Mm. you know, or, you know, a very triumphant score when they land on the moon, Uh you know, not stuff like that. But I will say that this movie and First Man do have in common, like you were saying, about the psychological effects of space, but also how these two characters are pretty similar in terms of how focused they are yeah. and how nothing else matters except for we need to go to space or I need to do this mission. I think there's some similarities between the two characters. You
0: know, and it's funny when you say that because I I love Ryan Gosling as an actor. I love Brad Pitt as an actor, but and you're absolutely right. They have they're very similar in their drivenness and their, you know, their kind of disconnect from other people. And yet for whatever reason I like Brad Pitt's character so much more like I could just watch him and root for him I guess in a way, you know, and I I just I'm I'm so much more uh so much more into watching watching him go about whatever it is that his story is going to be than I was watching Ryan Gosling. I just as I watched that version of this kind of a character, I'm like, "Ugh, just get it together, man." You know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I totally hear you on that. Yeah. But yeah, well, it's kind of not, it's not hard to basically look at Brad Pitt for two hours. Yes,
0: that's absolutely I think. right. <laughs>
1: he's a pretty good looking guy, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, no question there. <laughs> well, what do you got for your next one?
1: All right, uh, this is the final one that I have. Mm-hmm. And so it is interstellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the parallels, I think, are just a little too obvious not to mention them. Uh, Number one is the way space is portrayed in in both of these movies. I think both of them take a very interesting and I would say cool approach to how they design uh, their space exploration, whether it's the design of the ships or uh, the actual special effects of the movie and how they use them to design their vision of space. I think they're both interesting Mm -hmm. and very well done. But more importantly, I think the other main point you could pull from both movies is the parent-child relationships between the main characters. In Interstellar, you have Matthew McConaughey's character with his daughter, who eventually is played by Jessica Chastain. Mm -hmm. There is that sense of abandonment from the child towards their parent, um, that the mission that they went on was more important than them Mm -hmm. on Earth. And that's exactly what Brad Pitt's character deals with with Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones was so caught up with the mission and going out that he abandoned his family and his and his son, uh, just as Matthew McConaughey, you know, abandoned his daughter and his also his son as well. And I found that to be the strongest point between these two movies and how similar they are in that aspect.
0: I like it. I like it, and you know, it's funny, I've seen people on Twitter, on film Twitter, which we all know film Twitter is just the worst, Oh yes. but <laughs> I've seen people try to say that there is no comparison between the two movies, that they, it, they're not alike in any way. I think they absolutely are alike in quite a few ways like what you were just talking about right there i mean using a space travel you know adventure basically for the purpose of uh you know dealing with people's emotions rather than some kind of you know plot driven goal or something like that i think there's definitely uh uh you know parallels between interstellar and this movie
1: yeah i find it interesting when people say there isn't some type of like relationship or they're not similar because it's almost a little too obvious how similar they are yeah. in that aspect. <laughs> I completely <laughs> agree.
0: Completely agree. Well, uh, I only have one more puzzle piece as well. So uh, I told you before we started recording, this one's kind of silly. Uh, so I, I don't really think of it as an inspiration. Just a a, a uh, observation. Um, but and and I should I should preface this by saying. I didn't mind this scene at all in either movie, but when Brad Pitt flies through space, I I was, I was reminded of princess Leia in the last Jedi, that scene that all the trolls hated so much. Um, And I always thought
1: it was cool. I mean, come on. I, I love the last Jedi. I don't care what anyone says. So do I that. Oh my God. I love that movie so much. And don't we're both going to get hate for that. I'm sure we will. And I don't give a damn. The last Jedi <laughs> yeah. rules, Ryan
0: Johnson rules. All right. Well, I'm going to do the finished puzzle and uh, then we'll get into any closing thoughts that we had on this movie. Um So we've got X machina, total recall, Goodfellas, event horizon, Mad Max, fury road, lost city of Z first reformed, first man, interstellar, and the last Jedi. So uh great list of movies here. Um, uh, you know, really a wide ranging list of movies, but, you know, quite a few that deal with space and, you know, all that kind of stuff because, I mean, come on, of course, <laughs> that's bound to happen. Right. But, but it definitely, <laughs> definitely goes into a lot of different other directions as well. Um, do you have any, uh, any closing thoughts about Ad Astra?
1: I recommend anyone who enjoys space movies, just give it a shot. I think that, you will be better off than you know than worse off unless you really hate space movies, but I think there is still a lot to gleam out of it.
0: Absolutely. I, I think there's there's plenty here. It's unique. It's it's different. It tells really uh you know it's a it's a very interesting character to follow, you know, even with all the the voiceover and all that. I mean it really is a uh you know and it's a great performance i mean we've spoken about the movie itself and we talked about brad pitt a little bit but i mean really brad pitt is fantastic in this uh two incredible performances this year it's just amazing
1: yeah it's it's a great year for brad pitt and i i don't think we should be too shocked because he is a really good actor i oh yeah um one of the things that people always say and you know, there's been backlash to even this statement, but a lot of people have said recently that he is a character actor trapped in a leading man's body
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: because of the type of roles he's been uh, choosing, especially over the last 15 years. Like, if you look at his filmography, it's very, it's all character work. Like, it's very intense acting. You know, you're doing something. It's not you just being a, a movie star and just showing up. Right yeah no absolutely
0: and uh i i i I love brad pitt i mean (laughs) i I can't wait to see what he does next i yeah i know just amazing i love him well uh i think that about does it uh what is uh, another movie you watched recently you'd like to
1: recommend um i have two uh one of them you did an episode on just recently not too long ago and that's uh britney runs a marathon nice i think it's uh it's delightful i think it's uplifting uh and if you just want to have a good time watching a movie i think britney runs a marathon is very very good movie to choose from and then the other movie was loose uh this is a movie yeah it came out in august so i don't know if it's still in theaters for some people it might not be but if you get a chance to check it out it is a thriller uh, but I don't want to say too much about it because I think people should just walk in and watch that movie and decide for themselves. I thought it was really well done, and uh, I look forward to see what comes from uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. who was the star of that movie, um, because he gives a really really detailed performance
0: absolutely loose was really really good uh i kind of felt bad that we never got around to an episode on it maybe maybe we should do one one of these days (laughs) but uh yeah yeah, because it it is a really good movie and i definitely hope more people see it that's for sure oh Uh, so uh right on rico thanks so much um uh why don't you tell people where they could find
1: your podcast of course so if you are online, which most of us who are listening are, uh, you can go to alwaysthecriticpod.com. Uh, all of our posts are there, even reviews, written reviews. So if you like to read reviews, we post them as well. If you want to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at alwayscriticpod. And don't forget to subscribe. Just look for Always the Critic Pod on your favorite podcast app.
0: Beautiful. Well, hey, thanks so much again for being here. Uh, I know we got you on a little last minute notice, but hopefully we can get you on again one of these days. I would look forward to it. Hello everybody, my name is Diverne, and I'm the host of the Cinema Recall Podcast, part of that moment, and we are slightly different than your average movie podcast in that we don't review a whole feature. Instead, myself and a guest will break down our favorite scenes in movies, and then discuss why they are so iconic. So check us out, we are available on Anchor, Google Podcasts. Apple Podcasts, and more. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Cinema Recall Podcast, and we are available on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. We hope you enjoy. Thank you for listening. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Ad Astra. Thank you, Rico, for being here. Make sure to check out his uh, podcast, Always the Critic. It's a good podcast. And uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoy the show. If you do, we'd love to hear what you're thinking of it. So go on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us. Five stars would be amazing, but we do want to hear what you're thinking of the show. You could also uh, review us over on Podchaser. I started getting that page set up. there's so many things for me to do. There's always something, but we have a whole lot of episodes for me to get up first. But I'm going to really build out that Podchaser account soon because I've been a guest on like a whole lot of podcasts lately. And I always log them on our website, piecingpod.com, in the link section. But, you know, that whole social media aspect of Podchaser is pretty sweet. So I'm going to start getting that thing all set up. And speaking of things I'm getting set up, Patreon, piecingpod, Patreon. It is starting to get built up this month, October. i got a whole bunch of bonus content I'm planning on putting up there. So uh, make sure to check it out. And we'd love to have you as a subscriber. We are going to be making a whole bunch of bonus content. uh, Lots of new episodes that aren't in the main kind of format that we usually do. uh, Bonus things and all that kind of thing. Little mini episodes. All kinds of stuff. And plus you can get all my albums for free if you sign up. So... Check out our Patreon. And, of course, subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Rate and review us. Follow us on social media, at PeasingPod. Join the Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. I think I said it all. Let's leave you with a piece of music. I know I've played this track for you guys before on other space movies but i mean it's just such a good fit i think this is a song called the void from my most recent album a different kind of dream and uh it's just uh i think a really awesome space track and i think it fits perfectly so let's leave you guys with the void and we'll be back later this week with more piecing it together coming up real soon